Greetings, PVIC. Welcome to the Post-Church Podcast, a time where we reflect on the Sunday sermon and answer some practical questions. My name is Neil, and I'm here with Pastor Billy and Pastor Sean. So this week, the sermon was on Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. So, Pastor Billy, would you be so kind to give us a small summary of the sermon? Thanks, Neil. Uh, so we are coming now to what you could call the the conclusion and it's actually quite a lengthy conclusion but the the conclusion of the sermon on the mount and the conclusion begins really it's really the beginning of the end of the sermon on the mount with matthew 7 13 and 14. and the idea here right is as jesus is coming to the end of this sermon you know what is he uh looking for you know what what kind of outcome is he looking for for from his hearers and what what it seems to be is he's looking for his hearers to make uh, a choice and that choice is between what he calls um the wide path or the wide way which is easy and traveled by many or uh what he calls the narrow way which is hard and found by few and he kind of uh, we kind of went through explaining what this uh, wide and narrow way are and why there are only two ways Um, but ultimately um, what we found was that somewhat paradoxically the wide way ultimately leads to a confinement or a constriction and eventually leads to death while this narrow way um, leads to really an expansive freedom and ultimately uh, life. Today was filled with, today's sermon was filled with a lot of memorable quotes and sayings. One, one of them that I really uh, liked quite a bit was when you said that Jesus' teachings were not just to be praised, um, but also to be practiced. So the first question today is, how does that specific quote line up with our tagline here for the podcast, which is, Neil, give it to us. Strive to live all of life to the glory of God. Yeah, um, and and I, and I do love that as how we do close out um, uh, the podcast every week, mm-hmm. right? Because it is a great, a summary statement and and kind of a call to um, our purpose, right? So um, I think we have to start with this idea. You think about Jesus, and he's coming to the end of this sermon, right? And you know, as someone who endeavors to preach to to people, um, you know, you kind of find it interesting. Like, what is he looking for here at the end? You know, is he, is he, does he want like some, you know, uproarious applause, mm-hmm. right? Is that, is that what he's looking for, right? I guess yeah. that might feel good for a preacher to get that, but it's, that's not what he wants. Like the, the conclusion is, it's so clear. He's, he, you know, he says what, enter through the narrow gate. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so he's not looking for, um, 
his teachings to be praised. And I think there is a, there could be a danger in just approaching Jesus' teaching and approaching the word of God from just kind of a clinical or, um, you know, just kind of in awe of it. That's not the point that we, um, that, you know, there is a, a call, there is a response um, that is uh, required and um and that response is not isolated it infiltrates our entire being which includes our wants and desires our passions our purposes our time mm. our relationships right it's a it's it's a all or nothing like kind of approach here right it's not a um in this sense not a narrow approach right that the that the narrow way actually has um broad implications mm. into our life and the way that we live right? yeah i think would you agree that when we say all of life to the glory of god um a broad generalization of that would be okay we're talking about how we approach school or how we approach being a dad or in our occupation. Would you also throw into that bucket um, our emotions, how we feel, how we react to certain situations, not just these um, jobs or duties that we have? Yeah, it's, it's holistic, right? It's mm -hmm. our entire being. And I think, you know, emotions and how Christians relate to them can be fraught with some misunderstanding right um i think um you know i think sometimes people have the this notion that emotions are fundamentally bad right and if i can excise them from my life then i'll be okay right feel nothing it's not what scripture is calling for it's not what jesus is calling for uh that the emotions in and of themselves are not are, are not bad, but they need to be reclaimed and redeemed for the purposes of God, for the glory of God. So it's inclusive of our uh, emotions that they should be uh, brought under, you know, this sort of this narrow way, which ultimately leads to to the glory of God. So yeah, definitely our emotions are uh, in play, right? Not something that we should somehow somehow suppress or get rid of, but think about again. How do I funnel my emotions uh, to the glory of God? Right, it's a valid question that we should, as Christians, should ask ourselves. Um, I think we were talking earlier too about this, right? Um, the narrow path. Um, people can just talk about how fluffy, you know, the gospel is. You know, we spread the truth, spread the gospel, all lovey-dovey stuff, right? But in reality, Jesus calls us to be more, have that commitment right to not just boast in how simple and easy the gospel is but because everyone has that accountability and it's, there's a cost to it right and that's like all of life to the glory of it. it's not as simple as it seems right and it's it's hard to fathom but that's why it's a narrow path yeah 
but but just like you said, love is infused into the commitment, right? That it's not, um, but love in the way scripture talks about it, right? Mm-hmm. Not the thin sort of veneer of, you know, the thin veneer of love that that the that the world has, and it, it and it infuses that commitment that you then you really understand the cost right how do you understand the cost of discipleship without understanding the love of god to us in christ you really can't understand that without it right i think that kind of flows nicely into the second question where we're talking about narrow-mindedness and you had spoke on that quite a bit so what would you say the difference is between a pharisaic narrow-mindedness and the narrow-mindedness that Christ is calling us to. Yeah, first, it's important. There, there is a distinction, right? And already in the sermon, uh, Jesus has been kind of making that dis- distinction, right? He's um, addressed the Pharisees, right? So the narrow-mindedness of the Pharisees is taking um, God's word, right? Taking the life that we have with God and really reducing it. It's a very reductionistic point of view, reducing it to um, just, you know, a checklist of do's and don'ts, right? A um, um, just rules and regulations, meant to be you know uh, followed and that is not only reductionistic when it comes to really understanding the gospel right but it's um burden creating right it actually you know it's not freeing it weighs people down right so so in the in a pharisaical mindset right that's that's what the narrowness is right but in terms of the narrowness that Jesus is talking about for his disciples and his followers, um, I think there are some words that I had used that it is a, there is a, a focus, a single-mindedness, um, a intensity, a commitment, a discipline. Um, you know, that's kind of a more the idea. And, um, and, and you know, it's also this idea of this commitment to truth, like an unwavering commitment to truth. And, and you, know, you talk about truth in the kind of the relativistic milieu of where we are in the culture right now. Um, you know, that's a bad word, right? Um, so, but if you think, in, in, look at it in this way: if you think about um, in all the other arenas of life other than spirituality, right? You know, if you make some sort of truth claim and you you say that, well, that's not wrong, this is right, um, everyone's okay with it. But somehow you come to um, a a spiritual point of view or a religious element and then it's like, oh, no, no, right? 
that's intolerant, right? That's, that's, you know, but really all we're saying is, no, you're out of touch with reality. Yeah. Right. And we're perfectly okay with doing that in all these other arenas or the culture is okay with that, but you know, you can't do it in, in that sort of way. So, um, so that, that pharisaical narrow-mindedness is, it's not having to do with conv conviction, but rather it's more like, it's haughtiness, it's pride, mm -hmm. it's coldness, it's harshness, but it's not conviction. Um, and the kind of conviction that Jesus is talking about with the narrow way. Yeah, I think I think it's important to note there that where there will be times where we do the things that we're supposed to do and we don't necessarily feel great about it, yeah. but we're called to do those things because that's the role that God has put us in as a father to lead family prayer or to do whatever we're called to do at a given time. We not, might not always feel great, but that's our duty. But with the Pharisaic narrow-mindedness, you mentioned a haughtiness and a pride. That, that, that adds a whole different element that's not included in, in the Christ-centered uh, version of narrow-mindedness. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, you also mentioned, right, like go after the narrowness, then the fullness will come. Right when it comes to and also one of the other things like you mentioned like in our our lives like it's easy for us to be committed and do things but when it comes to sp spiritual things we have to do the same thing in spiritual or, or that or that it's easier for us to understand that concept in these other avenues of our life right but when it comes to spirituality we sometimes yeah don't quite get it right I know <laughs> this is just one example I don't. I don't know if what you guys think about this, but we have this, there's this saying, right, in basketball, right? Having that mamba mentality. Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. But is it's like, you know, we are so focused and driven in what we do, but we don't see, like, a lot of us, we don't see that in our spiritual life. Why is, why is that? Like, I mean, even though we might be in other avenues in our life, right? Yeah, I, I think, right, we are prone to be, and I think we talked about it in the sermon, we have this um, tendency to have a vice grip on our own life, mm. right? So when we do that and we cannot, see or humble ourselves enough in a way to realize that you 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 are not competent to you know order your life right that is uh happens when in submission and humility yeah. to god right so um ultimately it's 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 a it's a pride it's a pride thing is what it boils down to really in the end i think that we uh, sort of are um, don't want control rested out of our out of our hands, right? Mm. Yeah, I think I, I would tend to agree with that because if you think about uh, studying to get a degree, 
as one of the examples you used, right. becoming a doctor, right? There is a, uh, a product at the end of that. You get a degree, you make a lot of money, get a good job, get a nice car, things like that. Um, as far as the musician example, you get a lot of praise, you get a lot of respect from those around you. Um, but when you're talking about studying the Bible, mm. praying, doing these type of endeavors, this is all to the glory of God. It's pointed to something yeah, not, outward, outward, yeah. not to ourselves. And so I think there's just this natural inclination that, mm. that doesn't interest us as yeah. much as those other selfish endeavors. Yeah, prone to exalt self, right? Right. I guess that, right, that Christ's call to follow the narrow, narrow path is one of the main importance is the application or teaching and studying of the Bible. Yeah. One of the main ones. So, the next question. Um, narrow pathway is difficult. It is unpopular. It's the unpopular path compared to the Broadway path. Mm -hmm. Um which is the more popular path, the path that does not need any thought whatsoever, which is natural inclination. Um, very alluring. To come to the question, I'm solely focusing on popular people in media, and especially Hollywood. Uh, the people who are in Hollywood who are professing Christians, right? Um, so they're basically the main part of the Broadway path in this, in this culture. And so what can we say about these people who are in that world but try to navigate the narrow path as Christians? Is that even possible? Yeah. I mean, I hesitate a bit because, you know, I, I don't want to speak out of turn as I don't have any conception of what it is like to be... I thought you were in Hollywood. No, <laughs> no, no, not anywhere even close, right? Very popular now. <laughs> no, not, po not even popular. You heard so... Um, so I don't, right? I, so it's, you know, I can't speak to specifically to a person who is in that sort of heightened, stylized sort of environment, right? Um, mm. But if you take a look at the passage, it, it, Jesus has this notion here that, or I think we talked about in the sermon too, that we tend to find comfort when we are aligned with the majority because we feel as though, oh, you know, I'm with I'm with a crowd, right? I'm with what's popular, right? Or I'm with the uh, you know this this bigger group, and we find that we we have sometimes a tendency to take comfort in that. And Jesus seems to say, well, hold on. If you're, you know, looped in with the majority and with everyone that's kind of just going with the flow, a perk up your, your, uh, your ears and your senses, you, you're might you're probably on the broad path, right? So, you know, I I think there is definitely something to be said about the the popular culture and the popular notions about the culture that that by nature of the fact that, you know, they are popular and you can see elements in that they are, that that way is opposed uh, to God, right? And the challenges that, that would exist. I, I find myself going to Jesus uh, teaching about um, 
being rich, right, and entering the kingdom of heaven and saying that there is a difficulty there, right, that, um, you know, that somehow, you know, this monetary gain and, and wealth brings with it some, some perils in regards to um, um, following uh, Christ. And I wonder if you can take that idea and then say, well, rather than talking about being rich monetarily, but talking about the folks that you're mentioning who are, um, well, they may be rich monetarily, but what we're talking about is that they are rich in social capital, that they are mm -hmm. fame, right? That is the, um, they are rich in that sense. And inherent in that is there a, um, you know, a, a difficulty, a peril, uh, where it makes it, you know, challenging um, because, uh, like we talked about going to the narrow way, it's that gate, the gate is narrow, right? There's things you got to fling off of you, the things you got to throw off of you that aren't going to fit through, right? And I wonder if you can take that idea and say, hey, you know, rich in the sense, in the idea of fame, does it bring with it these challenges of being invested in the popular culture in that sort of way and uh, you know not being able to um you know let go of certain things in order to pursue god rightly so do you think we can actually take you know jesus discussion there about the difficulties of um, wealth right or being rich you know and you know following the path to the kingdom do you think do you think we can actually take that and make some sort of analogy to the the richness of fame right is there is there something we can pull from that for this particular in this particular context i don't know maybe i'm wrong i you guys can you guys can uh discuss and, and debate on this but i think personally i would think that the social aspect the fame uh, peace would likely be more of an impediment than than the financial because I think there's essentially more arrows coming at you from different directions um, than if it was just a financial thing if I just had a million dollars in the bank the internal struggles I would have would be one thing but to be in public and garner this fame and attention from all um. different kinds of people might be a few more layers of complexity it's kind of what I would think on that. Right, because there's a there's a, a exaltation right. factor that is so you know, you go back to Eden, right? Mm -hmm. And you think about becoming God, right? And being idolized and all everything that goes along with that, right? There's the, the perils that go go along with not so much self-exaltation, but being exalted by others, right? And that, those implications and the difficulties that will come along with that, right? Which situation do you think would be more deleterious? Would it, would it be worse to be rich and not famous or famous and not rich? Hmm. Right? Which would be the, yeah, the greater right. temptation? Which sure. would be more difficult? Yeah, I mean, I tend to, I mean, I don't I, I tend to think 
in regards to fa fame. Yeah, I tend to think in regards to fame, right? That that element of where you're put in a godlike position, you're immediately you're opposed to um, that. That sounds opposed to the narrow way, like right off the bat, exactly. right? Like yeah. it's just it, right. So like, that's that's what I would say. But Broadway mentality. A Broadway mentality, exactly. Yeah. All right. That was a great way to end the Q and A. Um, so, just to reiterate uh, what Pastor uh, Billy said in the sermon, um, the way of obedience always starts off narrow but leads to life. Way of disobedience starts off broad and easy but leads to destruction. So, let us stay on the straight way, stay on the narrow way, the only way that leads to life. So, Pastor Billy, what are some questions that we can think about this week? So, we, um, I mentioned in the sermon about the mountain analogy that um, there's kind of this prevailing notion that there are, you know, of God, of a mountain and God at the top of the mountain, and there being many roads that lead to the same one destination, which mm -hmm. is, which is God, right? this sort of religious relativism sort of idea. So one question to think about it, like maybe to think about what are some expressions of that mountain analogy that many roads, one destination that you've seen in the popular culture, right? Do you, do you see that? Like if you, if you look out in the popular culture, do you see kind of that, that thinking and playing itself out um, in, you know, what, what you're seeing and what you're watching, right? So that's one question. The second, and I, and I think this question is so, well, the, the, this question that, that was mentioned in the sermon is, for me, really hit very hard, which is what stands or has stood between you and Jesus? Because, um, right, we talked about the fact that you need to make a turn, right? Anyone who is on the um, on the narrow way has thought about that right and has found out what that is right um so to think for yourself like what stands or has stood between you and jesus and then what are some practical things you can do to part with this quote-unquote luggage if you will right to take the analogy of the gate and the you know a little further and lastly um a, a suggestion um or a recommendation to read Psalm thirty, uh, Psalm seventy-three. Uh, sorry, Psalm seventy-three, and uh, it's a psalm that I think is is very pertinent um, to the discussion that we've had. Is to read that psalm, and then the question is, how does the realization that the psalmist has in Psalm seventy-three um, help us choose the narrow path? Uh, when it is the m more difficult one. And I think if you go and you read the psalm, um, you know, there's some there's some wisdom to be had there in regards to that. Thank you, Pastor Billy. Some really good questions uh, to ponder this week. So we look forward to tackling these questions this week. And until next Sunday, let us strive to live all of life to the glory of God.